We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Odyssey app. Noon hour, it's Cody and Gold. Nude hour or noon hour? Noon hour. Would you guys get nude, like shirtless for an hour if we did it? Noon hour. Well, we do typically on Fridays at 1 o'clock have Club 610, although I'll be honest, today, anybody's invited. Club 610 cancellation. I thought I was invited. Well, you are. You're part of Club 610. our next guest lives right down the street. Maybe he could come in if he just wants to hang out. Speaking of, before we get to our next guest, I just had like a weird encounter. There was a guy on the lower floor that waited for me to walk by so he could see who I was. Huh? That works in the building. Like Instead of like going through the hallway, he stopped and then like looked up the stairs to look at me. He didn't know who you How were. do you know he did it he, just to look at you? Because he stopped, made eye contact, and then as soon as he saw me, he just kept walking. I mean, I'm a nobody, but I don't think he was My like... My guess is... just being nosy. Maybe he liked he, your sweatshirt. He might like your your pink or salmon-colored Vineyard Vines uh, sweatshirt crew neck today. Well, get on um, if you want it. It's that, or you know what? You normally are doing after hours, right? So maybe he doesn't see you during the day. I mean, just keep walking. You ain't got to stop and stare. <laughs> like, when you drive by people, <laughs> do you look you over so to... Why are you so bothered It seems by like it. it's really impacted so do you. you. When you drive by people on the highway, do you look over to see who you just passed? No, but <laughs> well, that's what he did. But he was walking, Daddy. Huh. Is he probably it, I wonder it's if a bright color. I wonder if this ever happens to Nate Taylor, where people he walks and people just stop and 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 just want to say, "I mean, that's Nate Taylor from the Athletic." I can't believe that's really him. Did that happened to you, Nate? <laughs> no, no, never. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> thanks for having me on, fellas. Um, there's there's a, there's a few times where people are like. Hey, I, I recognize your voice, and that's mostly through you all. Oh. So I, I appreciate that. You know, it's it's, uh, it's not every day where you're like, oh, I like I feel like I've heard this voice before. <laughs> so it's more voice. Uh, some people do recognize me from time to time, um, but no, no one, no one stares as I'm trying to walk upstairs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was about, Nate. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not silky tea like you. I'm just you know, sloppy D, and they just had to stop and look at me. <laughs> you know. How you doing? You know, every, yeah, every, every now and then, I don't know, maybe you just have an aura, a sense about you that is, uh, that is, you know, right. like mid-stop, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta witness what I'm acknowledging, what I'm, what I'm visually or, you know, sensually, you know, seeing here. Yeah, I'm just hopefully getting that from the opposite sex, you know? Well, you know. <laughs> I've, been, um, I've been in a drought, I think. No matter who they are. Yeah. I don't know, man. How you been, though, man? This is downtime for Nate. Well, not really, actually. You're no, still up and at it. up. It's heating up yeah. again. Uh, it's it's kind of heating up. Okay. I, I'm I'm trying to uh to do my best to not do a ton this this weekend. But like, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, look, guys, they're already tampering. <laughs> they're already, <laughs> <laughs> like they're already making calls. And if this doesn't happen, then we immediately pivot to this. Or hey, you know, what do we? You know, let's go over it one more time. Um. So it's really cool. Like, I think earlier this week um, in the Chiefs facility, I think from a player personnel department, from a scouting department, because you still have to have the draft sort of equate to what is going on in free agency. And then obviously you bring in Andy Reid, Brett Beast, the rest of the coaching staff. 
they've had meetings about like, hey, here's who we are prioritizing from our own group of free agents, um, and then who do we want to like go out and get. And there's someone. I don't know who it is or exactly what position, but I do think the Chiefs feel like they have a chance to make a pretty notable signing that can become, you know, legal basically on Wednesday or Thursday okay. next week. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think that, that piques everybody's interest. Also, we were reading your new article that you put up there for the athletic about where things are at with Orlando Brown jr. Where you mentioned that the two parties felt like they were miles apart still on a, a contract extension last week. And that the yeah. chiefs though are still interested in signing Brown to a long-term deal. Is this just about, Hey, we're, we're done with this. We're, we want some clarity. We want to know one way or the other. Do we have a long-term option at left tackle right now? Or if not, we need to move in a different direction, and we don't want to wait till June to figure that out. Yeah, that, that's very true. Or even July, right? I mean, if they were to place a franchise tag on Orlando Brown and the contract negotiations were either going A, how it was going last week, or if it was B, similar to even last summer and spring where you just say, hey, He's not at OTA practices. He's not at the mandatory minicamp. He hasn't signed the franchise tag. Um, then you basically have to draft someone at the position. That would be their basically their only option. Um, and for a team that wants, you know, supreme cap flexibility, that wants to sort of know, hey, who is protecting Patrick Mahomes' blind side when, you know, the free agency period begins, this really sped everything up by them not putting the tag on him obviously you're saving $20 million that you could use for maybe whoever that signing is on Wednesday or Thursday. Or, um, you know, as I put in the article, you, you know, there's, there's a number of guys. Uh, I think there's really three prospects in the draft who kind of fit the Chiefs' range if they want to trade up or stay at 31. And then I think there's about six or seven veteran options um, of guys where you could sort of say, hey, they're on the market. They play a similar position as you do. Um they're not going to cost us as much because they're not the, you know, number one free agent at the position. Um, so the Chiefs wanted to really find out. And, and look, um, sometimes your employer does this. Like, you know, what do you value when you get into contract situations or any sort of discussion about right. the future? Are you willing to make some form of, you know, financial compromise? And if Orlando Brown wants to be one of, if not the highest pay left tackle, and that's obviously a lofty goal, I'm not sure if he'll reach it. But he's going to get pretty close to being one of, I believe, one of the top, you know, pay left tackles. Then if that's the decision he's making, that's his priority. That's his, you know, that's his uh, freedom to do that. He has, you know, obviously agency now. But they wanted they wanted to know what his answer was sooner rather than later. So that if it was, hey, if you want to make $22, 21000000 million a year with the Chicago Bears or with, you know, the New England Patriots, then we want to find someone who we can either draft, obviously moving up in the first round of the draft, so you get someone like Anton Harrison, who I basically have mocked, um, the the really good left tackle out of Oklahoma. Or, hey, maybe we give, I don't know, Isaiah Wynn. Or maybe we get, you know, uh, maybe we trade for someone. You know, I put David Bakhtiari in the in the article just because I think, hey, Aaron Rodgers is going, he's going to be traded, right? I mean, this this is happening. I don't know what's taking so long, but, like, Aaron Rodgers is going to play on the Jets next season. So maybe David Bakhtiari is available through a trade because um, he may not want to play if Aaron Rodgers is not on the Packers. So there's, there's a lot of options, but at least the Chiefs know what Orlando Brown has prioritized. 
so that they can make their own decisions as to what they prioritize in terms of making sure the roster stays you know, pretty strong in terms of making sure Patrick Mahomes is protected. We're talking to Nate Taylor from The Athletic and discussing Orlando Brown Jr. And, and you mentioned some options to trade up in the draft. You mentioned a couple of the free agent options as well. We know a couple years ago, and I, and I get that it was a different draft class, but they basically kind of told us they weren't willing to have a rookie left tackle when they went out and traded yeah. for Orlando Brown Jr., have things changed? Because uh, that's my big holdup still. Um, do they do they they draft a left tackle? Okay, that's fine. But is it a a veteran that actually is starting in year one, or do you think that they feel more confident now with the rest of the O line being better that they could have a rookie actually at left tackle? It's it's wild, right? Because you you are you are exactly right, Alex. That they like, they looked at all of us in the eyes and said, "I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes entering the prime of his career, and we need someone that we know." is dependable, someone who's durable, which I think some fans tend to forget with Orlando Brown. Like, he has only missed one game in his time with the Chiefs, which I think is really commendable and admirable from his standpoint because, obviously, him being on the field allows Patrick Mahomes to obviously play at his best. They're not going to draft the best left tackle, like Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, right? They're not going to draft him. He's going to be taken too high. But if they do draft someone this year, (laughs) Part of the thinking has to be, A, Mahomes is the best escaper of the pocket in football, and if we have to increase the risk a little bit for obviously a more controlled cost at a premium position, then that's the calculated risk you have to take. And, of course, because you have Andy Heck on the, on the coaching staff, because Matt Nagy has been an offensive coordinator before, um, obviously you still have Andy Reid, whose coaching background really goes to offensive linemen from the very beginning, hey, maybe we have the coaching staff that we can sort of help this player along the way because we did such a good job with Creed Humphrey, with Trent Smith. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Lucas Niang because he may be your viable, you know, cap-controlled option at right tackle if Andrew Wiley goes elsewhere. So it's crazy how things change in two years, but I do want to remind people, Patrick Mahomes does not take negative plays. Every low light you can think of with Orlando Brown – he still somehow escapes nine out of the ten plays that you can think of, um, because look, no left tackle is perfect. They're going to get beat. They play up. They play up against the most athletic freaks um, who are pass rushers, and they get paid a lot of money too to put pressure on the quarterback. So, if they draft a rookie, um, they need to make sure that, that player is durable, consistent, is obviously someone who can ascend over the course of the season, and then you're just putting more and more trust in Mahomes to say, hey. If you got to take the check down, take it. If you got to get out of the pocket, take it because the rest of the offensive line should still be um, above average to maybe the best in the league when it comes to the interior, uh, depending on what happens with Philadelphia this year. But yeah, they they're probably going to do it. I would I would honestly advise them to sign someone like Kelvin Bincham, who is you know a guy in his thirties who can play left and right tackle. He most recently played for the Arizona Cardinals and he ain't going to play there next season because he just criticized Kyler Murray. But look, he's a serviceable spot starter if necessary. And then you still draft a left tackle because if that player's not ready, at least you have a swing veteran guy that you can put in place in September and then slowly bring along the rookie during October, November, and December. Now I know that Booger McFarland said that Kelvin Benjamin was a, a, a biscuit away from a pump from Popeyes for being a tight end. Now he must be a left tackle. I'm kidding, obviously. Um, <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin, Kelvin yeah. Beecham, yeah, one of them. Uh, Beecham, yeah. So Nate, I had this theory the other night. 
that Brett Veach is creating this cap space, uh, maybe to keep it in-house more so than out-of-house in this free agent market for the Kansas City Chiefs to kind of bring back the core to, to really run it back. Because I really think the Chiefs, like, number one goal, obviously, is to win a championship. But I think winning back-to-back titles kind of shuts everybody the hell up for the next 10 years of, like, what the Chiefs are. Um, interested to hear what you think about that, keeping money in-house. And uh, I'll have a follow-up, Brad. <laughs> um, yes. Part of this is they would really, really, really like to keep Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I think it helps the Chiefs today that Adam Thielen got released from the Vikings because it's just another capable veteran player. Now, Thielen's had his own injury history, um, and that's partly why he's not um, going to play for the Vikings next season. But, hey, you know, it's still Juju Smith-Schuster and a couple guys at the top of the free agent market for receivers, but it's not like it was the last couple years. And I don't think you're going to see the type of trades that we saw last year, whether it's Tyree Kill or Devontae Adams. So they would like to keep Juju. Um, there's some thought that, hey, if Jesse Bates gets top dollar, and hey, if Von Bell, who's also from the Cincinnati Bengals, like if he gets paid a lot of money, and C.J. Gar- uh, Gardner-Johnson, like, hey, very capable safety. Like, maybe there's a chance that you want Thornhill on a one- or two-year deal. Um, so you have to keep that in mind as well. And then, of course, it's a lot easier, I think, to retain Andrew Wiley than it is to, you know, for the cost and for sort of the – continuity that I think Andy Reid would like. You don't want to have to switch both tackle positions after winning the Super Bowl. That That is usually a very rare scenario. Um, but hey, if you want to give Andrew Wiley a significant legitimate raise from essentially the three to four million he made last year um, to keep him on the roster, to make sure that there's going to be competition between him and, again, Lucas Niang at right tackle, I think those are really the three guys in-house that you could think of. Judas Smith-Schuster at the top of the list, Juan Thornhill, depending on how the landscape changes next week. And then, of course, can you retain Andrew Wiley? That way, everybody knows you don't, you, don't, you, don't have to place, you don't have to replace both tackle positions. You only need to replace the left tackle. So one name that's gotten a lot of heat in this offseason is the Legereus Sneed. And one thing I think we can all agree, too, is that Brett Veach, we read the tea leaves, that is about as much as I can read Brett Veach. If I were to play poker with him, I'd lose all my money. But what you can kind of see Brett Veach do is kind of plan ahead in years prior, obviously that's what the draft is obviously for, but three rookie corners sneed on a contract year this year, probably going to get a lot of money in the off season. Is there any way shape or form sneed is part of this deal? Or is that, can we kind of see the future ahead of that, that Veach is a corners guru in the draft and luxurious need the money he's going to want is going to be top corner money. And when you hear top money in Kansas city, that normally means you are a top free agent. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's well explained. Dusty. The the thing is, they basically made this decision last year. You know, they could have tried to re-sign Traverius Ward. They didn't even try. They just said, hey, man, you're great. We loved you. Uh, hey, go see, go see what you can get. He got $14 million a year from the San Francisco 49ers. Now, you can restructure that after a year or two. But that was the, that was the year average based on when he signed in free agency this time a year ago. Do you want to give LeJarrius Sneed $14 million a year? Because one could argue LeJarrius Sneed is a better player or a more versatile player or a more scheme-specific to Steve Spagnuolo than Traverius Ward. So if he made that decision, him being Brett Beach, made the decision last year, hey, we're not even going to try with Traverius Ward, then, yeah, you might have to account for the idea of, like, hey, can we get 
an extension done, not necessarily right now, but sooner rather than later with luxurious needs so that that first couple years, that cap number is obviously not 14 per year. But, hey, if we had to choose between one of the two, we're going to choose the guy we drafted, the younger player um, who obviously has been to, you know, multiple Super Bowls and can play both inside and outside and obviously was given the responsibility of starting to shadow top cornerbacks at certain times depending on upon matchups a year ago. So, yeah, if they, you know, I don't expect them to be a part of the corner market in free agency for all the reasons we said earlier, but I do think, hey, um, you probably got to pay one of these cornerbacks at one point or time, and the way you sort of, you know, timed it all out, you could do Legereus Need now, and then two years later, if everything goes well, you could do the same thing with Trent McDuffie because you took him, uh, obviously, with the first-round pick. So, um, yeah, part of like, hey, if you want to pay Orlando Brown top money, you might lose Nick Bolton or Creed Humphrey or Legereus Need to free agency in the next one or two years. Do you value those younger, really good, ascending, you know, dependable players? Or is it that much more important that you ensure that Patrick Mahomes is being protected by Orlando Brown? Or do you think you can find a suitable to similar option at a less, you know, pricey of a number so that, hey, you can re-sign, you know, Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey and obviously Legereus Sneak. Lastly, Nate, we've, of course, been keeping an eye on, you mentioned Adam Thielen getting cut today by the Vikings, and then there still is always some noise around DeAndre Hopkins and potential trade scenarios that are out there. What What is more likely, Juju just, of course, comes back as the most likely, but after that, Thielen just signs a, a one-year deal or that the Chiefs would truly have strong interest in trading for DeAndre Hopkins? So the Chiefs under Brett Veach, and I want to make this very clear, they've only made trades when they felt like there's really no other options. And that, of course, predates to Frank Clark. Hey, uh, where are we picking in the draft? There ain't going to be no dynamic, game-changing pass rusher. Hey, uh, we had to cut Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. Yeah, dog, I really don't want to trade up for any of these prospects. Let me go get Orlando Brown, even though he plays right tackle. We're going to move him to left tackle because we think that is the best option of, like, the only option we have for, like, legitimacy to make sure everything runs smoothly. I don't get that sense with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I know he's a talented player. I know he wants a new contract. You can trade for him and then tell him that, like, you can earn another contract based on your production this coming 2023 season. But I think the goal is to really re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster. If you're going to have change on offense, which it seems like that's going to be more on the offensive line than at the skill position, I do think the Chiefs are comfortable with, hey, we know Juju Smith-Schuster. He's obviously a pretty good to savvy veteran. He's not going to cost us Christian Kirk numbers, uh, one would think. But, hey – we gave him an incentive deal last year. It worked out. We won the Super Bowl. He played really, really well in the fourth quarter. If we can manage his health over the next year or two, um, it shouldn't be that much of an issue in terms of how he manages with everybody else on the salary cap. And then, of course, you can obviously draft a receiver or a tight end because I think there are quietly better tight ends this year than receivers in the second, third, or fourth round. Um, and that way we have obviously continuity at the receiver position and we give Mahomes another pass catcher because we should do that every year in perpetuity uh, throughout the course of his career. But are you desperate to trade for DeAndre Hopkins? Like, no. Um, and is he good? Yeah. But, like, they need to find out about Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, and 
we know that Juju works really well in the middle of the field with Travis Kelsey. So um, they don't need to overthink this, in my opinion, even though I know it gets people excited about the possibility of trading for a receiver with Patrick Mahomes' talent. Um, I just think Juju is probably the safer, the more logical, and the less desperate option. Nate, when does Travis Kelsey begin the Alex Smith part of his career where they draft a young tight end to become the future? Uh, maybe that's already happened with Noah Gray. I'm not sure if that's where I think it is, but it, you, you mentioned the tight end class this year is pretty deep. Um, does that start this year, or is that like another year of let Travis Kelsey be that guy and not let him focus on that, or does that even ever happen? I think you could – you could try to do that this offseason in the draft, right? You could try. Mm-hmm. I don't know how successful you are because there's not many people like Travis Kelsey or, sure. or obviously, you know, Tony Gonzalez, but you could try because I do think there are really, really good receiving tight ends in this, in this year's draft class. Um, I think Kelsey probably has a year or two left of just ex- extreme excellence. And part of that is because um, he's seen every defense. He's still, you know, six foot whatever, He's still an incredible one-on-one mismatch. Um, and then, of course, you have Mahomes who can extend plays, and he usually looks for Kelsey in those, in those sort of situations. But, yeah, I mean, he's going to be 34 next season. The decline is going to start, ladies and gentlemen. I know it sounds, it sounds crazy. Tell him. Yeah. Uh, We've been trying to say it. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's, I, I felt it coming out of my own mouth. Like, it, it, the decline will happen. Um, and he did such a good job on Saturday Night Live. I just want to give him credit for that. Like he's 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 better than 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 anybody ever anticipated. With that said, though, um, you know this is probably the last year for Jody Fortson because he's a restricted free agent. He Sorry, will be back Nick. next season. Nick, I hope you're all right over there. No, uh, no, Nate, start over, start over. But it <laughs> it ends with Jody Fortson signing a long term contract in Kansas City and retiring at Chief. Um, for for, for cap stamp from a cap reason, Nick, he'll be back next year. Don't you worry. The issue is twenty twenty four. He could play another... himself into a long term deal. Is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With exactly. the greatest tight end the universe has ever seen in front of him. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. So you know, I I I wouldn't. You know, I, I appreciate Blake Bell, but he wasn't really a part of the postseason run. So I think yeah, um, you could thank him and and, and move on. And so, yeah, you know, if Andy still wants four tight ends, which, you know, worked out pretty well last year, yeah, go go see if you can draft someone in the second or third round. Um, but if it doesn't work out this year, then, yeah, that would be probably a priority in 2024's draft class. And, look, I'm not a scout. I haven't looked at all the, well, I do know one tight end. They ain't going to be able to pick him, y'all. Have is has anybody seen Brock Bowers? That's oh what I said. My God. <laughs> Trade two firsts and a second next year's draft. <laughs> Once it's out of Kansas City, you don't need a first round pick. Oh, you don't need to go man. to Union Stage. Trade them all. Go get Brock Bowers. Brock, Travis, they seem like boys. And then Patrick Mahomes is just great until he's 40. Exactly. Exactly. Look, I would I, I will kid I kid you not. I know we're running somewhat on time. <laughs> no, you keep but, going. I think Chris Fowler or whoever was doing the national championship game, you know, I was like, I mean, I guess I could keep watching this. There's really nothing else on. Like, they're just dog walking TCU. Uh-huh. And then they had the nerve to tell me that Brock Bowers was not in this upcoming draft class. And, guys, I am not joking. I made an audible noise that, um, so, like, all, like, really startled my wife. And then I got up out of my seat in the couch. And I said, you're telling me the best tight end I've seen in like four draft classes. 
he ain't even in this one? Nope. <laughs> and it's like, son, you don't need to play another down. No. Not another other other down. By the way, there's a there's a tight end from Georgia in last year's team who was the tight end too, who you could take in the second round because he's got the traits and the skill set, but he ain't as good as Brock. So you're s- Darnell Washington, is that who you're speaking of, Nate? Yes, sir. Like if Rob Gronkowski made love to a Mack truck and that Mack truck grew up to play football, that Darnell Washington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, they don't have a need, but, I mean, it'd be fun. <laughs> like, so, yeah, so go go re-sign Juju and then, then find one of these tight end freaks. You okay, know? That's like, fine with me, by the way. That exact setup yeah. is perfectly fine. I feel like Kirby Smart could get my ass to play college football. If he's if he's pulling this out of the, out of the hat every year, that gee, many Christmas. I know, right? And Brock Bauer ain't even from the South. Come no. on, guys. No, he's uh, he's the best tight end in college that I've seen in a very very long time. To be honest with you, I've said this before. I'll say it again until he's out of college. Trade your first, second, and third to whoever is picking first. Don't give it a chance, and just have Travis Kelsey two point and Mahomes two point to the point where it almost breaks Kelsey's heart that he's taking Brock Bowers to Tahoe and not Travis. <laughs> oh, what a time but yeah i mean it's it, it's fun to talk about because you start looking by the way don't look at back clips guys like okay. i mean like we are all allowed to dream between now and whatever april 24th mm. like i want to see the mixtape how long is the mixtape how good is the mixtape like ooh, look at that route Ooh, look at what he did at that call oh, that poor defender like i just i just look at guys i try to see the best of them obviously i'm not like Again, I am not a scout, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not talking to his positional coach. I'm not talking to his high school coach. I'm not talking to his mom. I'm not talking to his girlfriend. I'm not talking to the old girl. So, <laughs> all that in. <laughs> that's, who you, that's who you want to talk to, though. That's where you get that's the secrets. That's who you want to talk <laughs> yeah. to. You get old girl Guys, on the phone, I, man. You're going to get all the beans. You want to talk to uncles and the yep. old girls. That's, yep. that's how you know if a guy is like, like when they talk about football character, mm-hmm. uncles. It's how you treat your mama, how you treat not to not the girl. Is this Deion Sanders talking or is this Nate Taylor? <laughs> this is mostly me. I no, mean, I look, there's, there's like, like I'm mostly joking, but like there's there's <laughs> there's like some legitimate truth sure. to all of this. But like you know, like hey, how do you treat people um, on a day to day basis? Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you know, we don't we don't. <laughs> by the way, um, there's John Dorsey and there's yeah. Brett Veach. Correct. I'm sure people can figure it out. Yeah. Um, so, one is like, like the Wish version, and the other one is like the Amazon version. Hey, so, like, hey, you know, yeah. uh, all I'm trying to say is it, you really do learn about people, how they treat people when they are, like, when a relationship ends. Like, um, we are all young. We all make dumb decisions, me included. So, like, it is part of the evaluation in terms of, not only what can you do on the whiteboard and how, like, you know, versatile you are at certain positions or how coachable you are. But, yeah, like, the background stuff, you can – I mean, you really have to dedicate a lot of time and effort to it, and this is just for one player that you may not take in the fourth round. Like, that's crazy. So, I, I, I do appreciate what, like, scouts and evaluators try to do because there are so many players that you have to keep track of based on region, conference, school, position. But, yeah, like – I love the idea of, like, looking at a guy on film and just remembering that, like, as I'm watching him, he's playing football right now. Everything else, like, as much as I, like, can just see the raw, amazing talent of Anthony Richardson, 
I, I do just want to watch like, hey, third and seven. Give me the scenario. How did he do on the field? Because that will be translatable to the league. Because guess what? You're going to even find a more adverse situation when you play quarterback in the NFL, whether you're a corner, whether you're a safety. Like, I'm looking at a lot of safeties lately, and it's like, ooh, thumper. Love thumpers. Can he cover? <laughs> like, like, the mixtape is just, I be thumping people. And you're like, but I ain't seen you shake. I ain't seen you turn your hips yet, son. And we're four minutes into this YouTube clip. So, like, <laughs> so you just you just go through that. There are no perfect prospects. Um, even the Andrew Lux had deficiencies. It's just a matter of can they fit your system? Is there a clear need at the position? Um, and look, can they withstand the punishment of a 17-game set you know schedule now? When now we're having college kids maybe play 11 to 12 games still. Like I think I think what the Chiefs have done the last two years, whether it's Creed Bolton. Uh, McDuffie, Carlotis, those guys played snaps and withstood the punishment of a college schedule, and then you could easily translate that, and they did really, really well rookies and now second year of playing and being serviceable, dependable, every-down players. That's something that you want to see at the college level, even within all the circumstances of, like, hey, Kirby don't have to play all these guys, all these snaps, because, like, the two-deep is, like, world-class, but for some other kids at some other schools, you do value the idea of like, man, he was on the field all the time. And yeah, because he's on the field, he's going to make a few more mistakes, but he's got the experience. And now we have more of a, more of a sample of what he can do and what is translatable versus like, Hey, this kid had a six minute highlight clip, but like, you don't want to see the other, like however many minutes are left beyond that, just because he didn't play. Um, as much as he could have in college. Nate Taylor from The Athletic. My guy. Great stuff as always. Appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your, your Friday afternoon. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, fellas. There you go. That's Nate Taylor, of course, the host of the Nate Taylor Show during football season here on 610. Great work for The Athletic. Up next, though, we're heading to Surprise, Arizona. Great signs out of spring, not just for the Royals, but where baseball is headed, and we're expected to have Michael Massey join us here on 610 Sports Radio. All right, back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Dusty Likens, Nick Schwartz with you. They said to call the show Gold Dust. Oh. Oh, when Gold Dust, when Cody's gone, it's Ooh. just you. Okay. I get it. Shattered Dreams. Shattered. You remember that move? No, no. He would put your legs in the turnbuckle, and then he'd run full side of the ring and kick you right in the bag. Shattered Dreams. He'd do this. <laughs> and then he'd run across the ring and right in your beanbag. Shattered Dreams. I don't think they do that anymore. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. We Hell will of get, a move. We will get to uh, the random question of the day in a couple of minutes. Who knows? Maybe we'll even have this next guest answer our random question of the day as well. Out in Surprise, Arizona, Michael Massey, friend of the show. What's going on, man? Uh, first of all, how's the ankle? Because I think I'd still be on the ground in pain if, uh, if what happened to you the other day uh, happened to me. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm getting, a lot of, getting a lot of hate for that around here in the, uh, really? in the training room and in the clubhouse. Yeah, they, they said I, uh, I should have won a Grammy for that one. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, ankle, ankle's good, so uh, we'll be back out there hopefully soon and, uh, you know, just back where we left off and, uh, and getting ready for the season. So Where you uh, left off? Man. Yeah, my, sorry, I was like, where you left off? A grand slam the other night, too. Not, not a bad place to leave off. No, yeah, yeah, swings, uh, swings coming together good and, uh, you know, feel like I'm, I'm getting closer uh, each and every day. And tell those guys an ankle's no joke because I'm sure a lot of you have played golf before and just been on the green side and your putters like hit the ball of your ankle. 
That'll drop any grown man to his knees. So the ankle, the Oscar, eh, you know, tell him to just, you know, kiss it. I agree. They were they were getting yeah. on me, and I said, "All right, fine. You want to get on? You know, throw the first stone. I'll, I'll throw a stone at your ankle right now. <laughs> yeah, Put no your ankle doubt. out there. I'll throw one right off it. No doubt. <laughs> hey, uh, I thought it was a really cool quote from Zumwalt on the game that was televised when you hit the grand slam that he treats the batting cage like a Vegas buffet. You want prime rib, we'll get it for you. You want you know seafood, we'll get it. How's the how's the vibe with the hitting this year? Because you guys seem to be, and again, I'm not. I'm, I know it's spring. I know it's early. I'm not trying to, you know, put all the eggs in one basket. But it looks like, you know, maybe there's a different vibe this year when it comes to the approach of the plate. Yeah, Zumi's Zumi's the man, and, and Keone as well, and um, really just the whole hitting department. Um, just just getting us ready to to compete in the game, and um, you know, they're they're really like you said, it's it's whatever you want, man. It's if you want to be challenged, they'll find a way to challenge you. If you want to go in there and and uh, you know work mechanically and just kind of get a feel good swing going, they'll give you that. So. Uh, you know, they're just really, really good about individually uh, working with guys and not making anything cookie cutter or, or you have to do this or you have to do that. And um, just a lot of a lot of feedback from us on, hey, this is what we're seeing in the game and, and this is what I'm feeling. And, and they're really good about, uh, you know, coming up with a, a pretty good recipe to uh, to get you ready for the game. Michael, one of the things that I think fans are curious to see uh, uh, this rule change and rule changes as a whole, whether it translates from spring training to the regular season and, and seeing the time of games have gone from three hours in spring to like two hours and 36 minutes runs are up stolen base attempts are up as a player. How, how noticeable is all of that to you? Um, it's, it's not as noticeable to me in the sense that I got to work with it last year, a little bit um, in the minor leagues for about half of the year. So I, I feel pretty comfortable with it. Um, I, I, you know, you do see some guys struggle with it, but I love the, the pace of the play, uh, you know, the pace of the game right now. And um, you know, I know, I know fans don't want to sit through, three and a half, four hour games. And, and the reality is we play 162 of them as well, plus spring training, plus playoffs. So, um, you know, I don't know a lot of players that want to play four hour games either. And, <laughs> right. you know, if you can kind of cut out those moments where there's not a lot of action going on, I think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a slow game. It's a mental game. And so being able to speed that up, I, I use that as an advantage. And I think it'll help players just kind of go out there, you know, trust your preparation before and go, you know, don't think just, just play. We're talking to Michael Massey here on Cody and Gold. Have you had a chance to catch some of the World Baseball Classic? I know you got multiple teammates, uh, and some of them having big roles so far in the early going. The atmosphere out at some of these games looks incredible. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't been able to catch anything live. I've been watching some videos. I saw they had a pretty good crowd the other night in uh, the Italy uh, Chinese Taipei game. I thought I saw, yeah, um, like eighteen or nineteen thousand, and it looked pretty rowdy. So, um, but yeah, I mean, those guys are doing awesome. I was keeping up with with the box scores and. Um, you know, I saw Bob had, had two hits the other day for you know an exhibition game. So, uh, yeah, that's that's got to be super cool for those guys, and, and we're uh, we're certainly rooting them on back here in Surprise. Was there a little bit of juice in that Grand Slam against the uh, White Sox? Maybe there was a little bit of you know sentimental feeling there, cranking one off of uh, Deal and Cease. <laughs> Maybe a team you grew up watching and liking. Was that like when you're around the base, even though it's spring training? Was it still kind of like gotcha? Uh, they're always cool when, yeah. when I hit a home run. You know, it's I don't have enough of them yet in my career. <laughs> yeah. I I like them all. So um, yeah, you know, I mean, it just I think that was for me personally. I think that was a lot of of what last year was about, and um, you know, just kind of getting going out in Chicago and and kind of getting uh, getting my feet wet in the big leagues. And this year, I'm trying to just kind of take a lot of that stuff out of it. Um, you know, as, as yeah. tough as that can be. You know, obviously you're human and you feel some of it, but um, you know, at the end of the day, the the Royals pay me to compete you know whether it's the Sox or the Red Sox or the the Yankees and and um you know we have we have a job to do as a team and that's win so uh you know anything that I can do in spring training to to prepare myself to do that has really been uh, been my focus and I know that's a really really serious answer to a, <laughs> no, you're question fine. That, yeah no that, you're uh, good 
I look, I'm thinking of Chicago. Let's just get to it. Next week, man, Chicago Bears. I mean, this is you, you mentioned that yeah. you, you feel like you guys control the whole offseason. How are you feeling now with free agency starting next Wednesday? Oh, man, I, that's that's just such a good question. Um, I don't know how to feel. I, I have a lot of faith in Ryan Poles. I really do. He comes from Kansas City, so he's got good bloodlines. Uh, he's been a part of a really, really good Chiefs organization. And uh, I, I can't question any of the moves he's made so far. I mean, last year he turned, I think, seven picks in the draft into 11. Um, you know, obviously Fields is, Fields is playing really, really well. And uh, I, I know a lot of people don't like the Claypool trade. I really like that. I, I think one of the most overvalued things in sports is the draft pick because uh, you really never know what you're going to get. So if you can get a guy for a second-round pick that has, you know, obviously proved it at Notre Dame and proven he could be a, a solid wide receiver in the NFL, I, I like that. So uh, they, got, they got some pieces. And then obviously, like you said, they got the cap space. And who knows what they're going to do with that first overall pick. I, I thought I read something the other day that they're certainly open to, to trading that or right. leaning that way, um, which I, I think is kind of the – the obvious choice, but uh, no, I'm ex- I, I think polls is is really really good. So uh, I'm excited to. I like I like being a player and then also being a fan in football. It's it's cool to to kind of see both sides of it. So are you are you enjoying all this Aaron Rodgers noise though? Where it seems by by the day it's more and more likely that he gets traded out of of your Bears division. There, we all know the history with Rodgers against Chicago. So are, are you just counting down the days at this point for him to end up in the AFC? Yeah, I I would be uh, I would be cool with if Rodgers decided to get out of there and, and go to the Jets and uh, you know at least maybe maybe that would open up Lambeau Field a little bit for us. I feel like every <laughs> every Sunday it's always Sunday night you know Bears versus Green Bay on national television and uh, we end up losing by about four touchdowns. So <laughs> uh, it it would be nice to to get Rodgers out of there and I'm sure Jordan Love will step right in and, and become an MVP candidate. That's usually <laughs> the way it works out. Right, but right. I, actually, I had a nightmare the other day that we we traded Justin Fields and oh, then no. Fields went on to be an MVP and then we had to live as Bears fans with passing on Mahomes and then trading Fields uh, and, and him becoming an MVP. So when people ask me, I, I kind of get triggered when everyone's like, hey, do you think they should trade Fields? I'm like, no, absolutely not. Because as a Bears fan, what would happen? He would go off and win an MVP, and uh, and we'd be stuck with that. Yeah, so where where <laughs> were you the night that the uh, Bears traded up to the second overall pick uh, to select Mitchell Trubisky? Oh, I was uh, – <laughs> my buddy was reminding me of this. I was, I was with him. I think we were watching it in his basement maybe. Um, well, no, no. This would have been during – it was April, right? Yeah. I think we were maybe on the road. I was in college, so we would have been on the road somewhere. Uh, we were watching it in somebody's room, I think. But I don't remember the specific uh, the specifics of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one because it's – I mean, what? Ten, what did Mahomes go? Tenth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, that's, I mean, nine teams passed on him. I think – Man, I, and I don't know the scouting reports like coming out of out of college, but I don't I don't blame the Bears. I know a lot of people get on the Bears for that one, but that's like a. I think the more obvious choice was Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the shocker to me when they went Trubisky over Watson because Watson had proven it. He was the clear cut number one. Just won a national championship at Clemson. Um, so you know, I think Mahomes. I think Kansas City just did an unbelievable job of of finding him and. You know, I feel like every once in a while you, you get one of those guys where, I mean, what, Rodgers was 24th pick or something like that, 25th. Late, so, yeah. you know, sometimes that just unfortunately happens. But 
the, uh, the the Watson one was the one that I was surprised at. So you that, gave that out a done. you gave out a larger grunt when it was Mitch Trubisky <laughs> selected by the Bears than when Michael Massey gets hit in the ankle by a fastball. <laughs> yeah, I was on my hotel room. I was on the ground rolling around. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, yeah. Michael. Appreciate the time, man. Glad to hear the ankle's doing all right, and we'll see you back in the lineup here soon. Sounds good. Best Thank you guys for having me on. There Appreciate you go. it. That is Michael Massey from Surprise, Arizona. He was good. Really, having a really nice spring. Oh, we like having Michael on the show. He's oh, a yeah. good dude, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You, haven't, you had a chance. You haven't nah, talked to him before. No, that's first time. First yeah. time caller, long time listener. He's a diehard Bears fan. We could tell. Die he said he was hard. on the floor yeah. of his hotel room, like, yeah. groaning. He's, he's locked in. I had to talk some NFL oh, with him, man. for sure. Yeah, when they told that story on uh, Parkins' uh, show in Chicago about how his uh, dad went on there, was like, did you see that interview? I didn't. So Parkins had uh, uh, Pat Mahomes Sr. on, and he was basically saying, yeah, the Bears told him, like, if you're there, we're going to take you. And then but Parkins like, does anybody have any Patron? <laughs> like, just like, uh, yeah. yeah, dude, like, that's just, oh, man, that's, I think that's when I got cussed out by Big Cat was when that happened. Because when the Texans and the Chiefs played that uh, divisional game, I said that uh, Mitch Trubisky should have been the drum honoree member. And I think everybody tagged him in that, and I think he just said, shut the blank up in a response. So there's my 50 minutes of fame. Random question. All right, let's get to the random question of the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was something that actually Dusty pointed out early this morning. So think about finding out about this around 8.30 in the morning. It makes it that much worse, I would argue. It's terrible. The question is pretty simple for you in the text line, 913-586-7610, is if you would eat this. Hidden Valley Ranch... Ice cream, going to sell it exclusively at Walmart. Hard they pass, are partnering Daddy. up here. It's going to be a limited time, and it's going to be what it sounds like. Hidden Valley Ranch plus this Van Leeuwen flavor available of ice cream. Mm. I don't know what that is. Ranch flavored starting on Monday, March 20th, so not too far away. And the photo just next to the bottle of the ranch. Not and seen the scoops of Same the Same color as ranch, man. <laughs> Dude, no. Wait, are you guys I like first ranch things with first? Carrots yeah, are you okay with ranch? I don't eat carrots. So, like, if it's used as a dip, right? It can't. I don't so want like ranch salad it? dressing. So you don't eat carrots? Do you eat ranch? Yeah, but I'm not eating carrots and ranch. I'm grown ass man. What's wrong yeah, with I, carrots I, and ranch? So when you're, you're, have, si- when you're, you're sitting on the couch, dipping a carrot. I'm at your favorite wings place. Let's just use whatever place you want. Like Jefferson's. Sure. You're eating wings. You might yeah. dip the wings in ranch, but then also you get some, a side of celery or carrots, and you dip the, ra- the, you uh, dip the carrots in there. You no, know, you, the, you dip the wings in the blue cheese. Yeah, I no, use I blue like, cheese. I don't use either for the wings. I'm just making. You make just go it. raw? Yeah, I do. That's good. Hmm. I don't know why you smile when you said, yeah, uh, yeah. I do. Well, he goes, both he looks at me and goes, yeah, I do. You said it like this. You said it like this. You go, yeah, I do. No, we didn't. You're lying to the listeners. I'll play the audio back, but you said, yeah, I do. Yeah, dude. You kind of, You guys give me a weird look. See, now I'm starting to lean on Nick's side of the stories these days. It's always like, yeah, Gold tries to lie to the listeners. No, not at all. I mean, you looked at me like, I said, do you like him wrong? You said, yeah, I do. And there's this to prove. Do you want me to go full Jason Brown on you? I I said the wings. You said, do you like them without sauce? But you said raw. And I said, yes. Uh, I do think ranch is okay, but I feel like we've, we've, we're going overboard as a country with ranch and somebody needs to kind of rein it back in a little bit here. Okay. People who put ranch on pizza. Well, yeah, that's ridiculous. A lot of people do it. What's wrong with it? It's disgusting. So like, if you let that ice cream melt, does it become ranch? No, because probably still has other, but it would be disgusting. Yeah. It would be disgusting. I, I think, think it's use, disgusting even not melted. I just use ranch in my pizza mainly for the crust because I'm a crust daddy. 
Like, I like to eat the crust no matter what it is. Thin stuff. Crust daddy. So That's here's right. what I appreciate about ranch. Step Bottled up, ranch. Man. Get on the side of crust daddies. Hidden Valley Ranch, <laughs> gross. If somebody makes like home, if you go to a restaurant and they have like homemade ranch, Fire. buttermilk ranch, that's a different story. Yeah. Not the Hidden Valley out of the story. bottle. That's, it's no. fake. No, exactly. Summit Pizza used to be Waldo Pizza. They have great ranch. Or maybe it's still Waldo Pizza and there's a Summit Pizza now and Lee Summit. But it, they have, and they sell it, I think, at Price Chopper. It's, oh, man, it's good. Italian dressing all over pizza. Now we're in a whole new Stop game. It. We're Stop in a whole it. new game. Well, and I like Italian dressing, but not on My dad only, used to put Italian dressing on his cottage cheese. The only acceptable oh, thing cheese. to put on pizza. Love. Cottage cheese is gross anyway. Love cottage what cheese. What about hot honey on pizza or just regular honey? Oh, well, you, now we're going to the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, if we go to the wheel, we're, we're, we're again, crust yeah. daddy. You put that crust honey all over it, man. Mm. I love the wheel pizza, man. I've never been sober to eat it, but I don't need to be. You're I'm, not supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't not, even think you're allowed to. to. I don't know if I've ever had it sober. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I don't even know if I've had Gumby's in Columbia sober. Never had Gumby's. Pretty good. Gumby's is good. Oh, the uh, pokey sticks? Mm. Yeah. What are those? Just cheese like if sticks. You don't, if, you don't, cheese if you don't know, yeah. you can't afford it. <laughs> cheese, <laughs> cheese sticks. Just like the Z-Man. Someone says Z-Man. Ranch, ranch from the salad bar back in the day at Pizza Hut is the best ranch. Dude. First off, you could have a 10-minute conversation. They need to bring back of the course, pizza buffet. The red, We've the already red, the red cups. Mm. Are the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pesto on pizza, fantastic. Uh, Main Slice, also in Lee Summit, does a pesto pizza. It's like it's a, it's called like a Caribbean-style pizza. No, it's called the Maui Wowie. It's like a weed term, too, but it's, uh, they put, uh, they put <laughs> pesto as the sauce, mozzarella cheese, banana peppers, chicken, and uh, like I think it's either ham or pepperoni. It's fantastic. Hmm. I'm a big pesto guy, though. So you're pesto daddy too, or no? No, not quite no, there okay, yet. Okay, okay. My pesto sure. son. Uh, okay. Somebody said, "What's a good ranch to buy at the grocery store?" Summit Pizza, if you can get it, or Waldo's Ranch. It's either way, it's great. Ranch on pizza crust is amazing. We got another one. Is there an ice cream exotic flavor that you would be willing to try? Ooh. Like a What's brisket it? style ice cream. Uh, uh, nothing like I'm, that. I'm trying to go yeah, exotic yeah, yeah. as yeah, I possibly yeah, yeah. can because ranch you. seems to be like way out in left no, field. I, I wouldn't do I any don't that need, stuff. I don't need condiment flavored ice cream, right? So if ranch, sure. mustard, ke- no, I don't, I don't need that in my ice cream. I don't need that flavor for ice cream. Because there's some that like people do like a hot ice cream, like a hot ice, like not hot ice, uh, like a hot sauce type of flavor. Like hot a, ice. I thought you were major league, like yeah. hot ice. Well, yeah, rookie of the or year. Rookie of the year. You yeah. know what I meant. You heat up the ice cubes. <laughs> it's hot ice. It's the best of both worlds. Um, jalapeno jelly on pizza. Sure. Jalapeno jelly. Okay. Snitch line Friday. Cody's at Target. Really? Oh, is oh. that? Oh. <laughs> is that true? Whoa. Instead of working, he's at a Target right now, buying ranch ice cream. Is that true? At least he's at Target at the right time, because two o'clock Target, single man, clearance aisle. Oh, this text line, that's disgusting. Garlic ice cream? Mm. Dude, I'm telling you, I don't know what, like, the, yeah, see, like, I I like mixing ranch and sriracha together for dipping. You know what, though, Gold, we did have that, what, what did we mix together, Pepsi and milk? Oh, it was this, yeah, it was some viral thing. And we, we no, vinegar, well, that Pepsi and milk too, but then also there was that vinegar and something that we tried. Vinegar and balsamic. That oh. was disgusting. Oh, gosh. It was you awful. know what's a really good salad but the dressing? Pe- the Pepsi and milk was was actually okay until it all of a sudden Curdled. We, Nick's stomach decided to just blow up on him. Oh, he soiled yeah. himself again? He, did, well, he, no, he, he made, made it. it he made it. He made it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, I don't know. Never man. again. Never again. What's your go to? If you could have two ingredients in your ice cream, what are they? Me? Oh, chocolate and cherry. <laughs> huh. What? 
<laughs> no, no comment. What? what is wrong with that? You asked for two flavors. No, I mean, I, I, was about, like, in, I was talking about like, I was talking about like ingredients. So like, oh, well, uh, so let's say you go get, a, let's say you go get a blizzard. <laughs> you're getting, you're, so you go to DQ. Yeah, man, I get you're, that. Very, very, whatever it's called now, Choco something. I don't know. It's like, it's chocolate with cookie little... dough and Butterfinger or cookie dough and, and Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah, that's where I that's go. That's solid. Yeah. Cherry. And what was it? Chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate pieces with like cherry. That's basically cherry Garcia. So you like a cherry mash? Cherry Garcia from Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. That's what I like. Do you know who it's named after? I don't have the whole origin story there. Jerry Garcia. Nice. Mm-hmm. Former of the Grateful Dead. I'm, if Jed was here, he would have okay. like absolutely walked out. You've been upset. Yeah, that's like his Jesus, man. Is like, it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, see, Oreos and cookie dough. There you go. There you go. What are you, Nick? You something weird like butterscotch and caramel? Like um, a Werther's original type? So I guess this isn't a necessarily an ingredient, but I love like mint chocolate chip. So I would say like mint or like cookie dough or like just like cookie crumbles like Oreos. So thin mint Girl Scout cookies really get you going? Absolutely. Out of the freezer? <laughs> yes, 100%. Have to have them in the freezer. Have mm. to have them in the freezer. Ranch mixed with Tabasco. Now that's my kind of person. <laughs> that is my kind. I get that ranch on the plate and then just turn that bottle upside down. Oh, yeah. Put it all over that ranch. What was that again? That's the random question of the day. Coming up next, we'll get to the 1 o'clock hour on a Friday. Club 610, it's been altered, but we'll get to that. And dominance between two coaches. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.